Hello and welcome to Take 18. This is a movie-focused podcast produced by the Central Coast Film Society. And my name is Daniel Lair. I'm the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. It's great having you tune in. Catch us right here. Uh, Please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get the alerts of whenever the newest podcast comes out. So throughout all this podcast series of Take 18, we'll be looking into movie news, some reviews, and even uh, interviews, as well as uh, that would be with Filmmaker Takes talking about how they make movies. And today we have a huge show. We've got lots of movie news, reviews, and even an interview with uh, VFX supervisor Alan Maris, who worked on the sci-fi film Ad Astra with Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. Just came out in theaters not that long ago, but that was also a lot of Central Coast connections to that movie. So we'll be checking in also with our president of the board of directors of Central Coast Film Society, Riza Georgie. So let's dive into all that right now. Last weekend at the box office didn't see a lot of change from the Martin Luther King weekend. Bad Boys for Life entered in its second weekend at the number one spot, earning $34 million. And 1917 stayed at second place, as well as getting an additional $15.9 million. Third place stayed with Doolittle, raking in another $12.2 million. And Bad Boys and Doolittle saw about a 45% decrease uh, in their attendance, whereas 1917 only saw about a 27% decrease. The Gentleman debuted this last weekend and uh, came in in fourth place with $10.6 million. And Jumanji, the next level, rounds out the top five spot, adding another $7.7 million to its total. Uh, this is Jumanji's seventh week of actually being in the top five at the box office. Box Office Mojo is actually predicting that uh, this weekend uh, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of change going on. Um they're saying that the United Artists Hansel, uh, Gretel and Hansel, it's uh, the fourth horror movie of this year so far, um, and Paramount's The Rhythm Section uh, probably doesn't have a shot at the number one spot, and uh, one of them probably won't even make it to the top five. And uh, that's what the movie's coming out uh, this weekend. In other movie news, it was, of course, with great sadness that the world was stunned to hear about the passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and uh, eight others on the helicopter. And right near Calabasas. Now, Kobe is, of course, known as the uh, NBA superstar, but he was also an Academy Award winner. And it's been reported um, that the Academy Awards are going to be doing a special tribute to Kobe for this year's show. His Academy Award winning short film is called Dear Basketball. And it was worked on a very small team of animators and one of whom is here from the Central Coast. Aiden Terry was interviewed by me, actually, when we were uh, when I was writing for the San Is Valley Star. So I'm going to leave a link for that in the show notes below so you can read that entire article. It was very fascinating. The film was also scored by legendary composer John Williams. Now, John Williams, speaking of which, was also in the news this week with his 25th Grammy win at the Grammy Awards. And that puts him in a three-way tie for fifth place for the most Grammys ever won. So he, uh, he shares his 25 wins with Vladimir Horowitz and Stevie Wonder. So John Williams won his work for his work on Star Wars, but the interesting thing is that it was not for a movie. He actually won it for the Symphonic Suite for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at the Walt Disney theme parks. So that was kind of an interesting little twist there. Um, the other thing coming up, of course, is the Super Bowl ads. They're getting pretty... Uh, pretty intense now so we got to be 
on the lookout for them. Super Bowl is right around the corner here on February 2nd. Uh, that also happens to be Groundhog Day. So uh, there actually has been a, a, a sighting of Bill Murray filming a commercial reprising his role as Phil from Groundhog Day. So that should be pretty fun to see. There's also other big uh, commercials with movie connections. Walmart released a, a large kind of a cameo-filled commercial, which include, um, included a glimpse of one of the things that I got excited about was uh, Alex Winter. He's his, reprising his role as Bill S. Preston Esquire from Bill and & Ted. And that third uh, movie, Bill & Ted, um, is actually going to be coming out later this year. So definitely check all of that out. Now, um, I do have a couple of movie reviews that I, I've been wanting to catch up with you on. Um, I, I did get a chance to go see uh, Doolittle. Um, I took my family to go see it. And uh, Doolittle uh, did little for me. I, I'm not going to lie. It um, it was kind of a mess. And I, I took my family, my kids, thinking, you know, at bare minimum, they're going to enjoy watching the uh, CGI animals. But uh, it did not work out. No, um, not a not a very uh, not a very popular movie. I think this may uh, be chalked up to what I would call a contractually obli- obligated movie. Um, hoping that these stars were uh, uh, had had other things lined up, and this is just something that Universal kind of made them do. So you can check out my full review as well. I'll leave a link down there for that. Bad Boys for Life got to check that out as well. Uh, Bad Boys for Life it it's kind of a the hit number one for the past couple of weeks, and it looks like it will be number one again this weekend. Um, again, it's it's not. Not that it's great. It's uh, it's an action movie from the 90s, and it's still kind of stuck in the 90s. So if you're really into 90s action movies, this one is for you. Um, the thing is, is that it it's we've I think moved on in what we're looking for for uh, from action films, and you know it's Jerry Bruckheimer uh, produced film, so it, you kind of you know what you're gonna get. Um, just don't expect too much from it in terms of depth, but. Uh, yeah, there's there's some entertaining parts for sure, but another again got a link for that out there as well. And lastly, I did check out the gentleman. Uh, the gentleman was uh, the Guy Ritchie film about the uh, uh, gangster kind of modern gangster uh, film. It is uh, very entertaining um, to say the least. Uh, it is a dark comedy, I would say, about uh, the gangster world of London's drug underground. Um, it's also one of those movies where no one is really a good guy. They're all bad guys. So depending on who you're rooting for, um, they've probably done some bad things. But it is a very dark comedy, I would say. Uh, could be kind of intense at certain times. But uh, it was definitely enjoyable as well. Also, coming up in Central Coast Film News, I do want to point out that Star Trek Picard's first episode is online and available for free so that you can see and just for a limited time so check out the link to that in the show notes below and you will be able to see sunstone villa right here in san Inez valley so definitely check that out it's free might as well do it and you can get a nice sense of what uh that show is all about now i want to take this time to also thank our sponsor for this podcast the san Inez valley star if you want to be a sponsor of the show, we'd love to have you. Just email info at centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. And again, thank you, Santa's Valley Star, a big supporter of Central Coast Film Society, and we greatly appreciate it. Now I would like to get into our filmmaker's take, 
with an interview with Alan Maris. All right, we are now here with Alan Maris. Hi, Alan. Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, your background, and um, what you do. Uh, well, I am a uh, visual effects producer and visual effects supervisor, uh, depending on which movie. Uh, on Ad Astra, I did both jobs. Uh, on previous shows before that, I was visual effects producer, credited. Um, but a lot of times I do both jobs, just, uh, you know, unofficial capacity. Very nice. Um, I came up through production and have been in the industry for about 25 years now. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. So uh, Ad Astra, uh, that's a huge VFX movie. Um, you had probably, uh, how many shots w w did you guys? We were just about 850 shots. 850 so, yeah. shots that you did. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people probably don't even know um, what goes on with a VFX shot. Uh, my background, I have a little bit of background in VFX as well, but I know um, it's a huge amount of people. How many people do you think actually work on any one given shot hmm. for, for VFX? You know, I guess it depends on the complexity, and sure. that'll dictate how many people work on it. But, uh, you know, it could range from one person to a very simple shot to there could be 50 people maybe at the most that are working on a really complex sequence. It doesn't usually get to that. Um, depends on how long the shot is spread out over the course of production. Mm -hmm. uh, they seem to kind of move people in and out of shots uh, over time. And so uh, a big shot, you know, there's somebody who's involved in lighting and, and effects and compositing and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's a good handful of people. So let's run through what a... Um, kind of the life of a VFX shot is. So I know, uh, you know, there's certain stages of even production where you have pre-production and uh, how involved are certain shots in um, pre-production, like doing like previs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And how involved were you in doing things like that? So that way, when, before they even get the cameras rolling, that you kind of help them establish what these visual effect shots are going to be. Yeah, well, so it starts out in the script stage. Yeah. Uh, conversation with the director and director of photography. You know, what, what's the desired outcome for the shot? Um, what, you know, what are the things when you read the script that jump out say, oh, that's going to require some planning because that sounds hard and that sounds <laughs> right. difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if it's one of those shots, we'll get into early stage storyboarding. So we'll have some quick thumbnails done of some ideas just to help get the director's mind thinking about the shots. Um, then we will uh, go into previs and uh, start planning out that and we'll develop the shots, kind of rough it out, do an animatic version of it. Um, and then we just kind of start, it goes through the whole process and it goes step by step through every department who needs to be involved. So we'll talk to stunts and special effects. Uh, you know, grips and electricians, whomever's involved, and uh, and just figure out what what goes into the planning and, and execute that. Oh. And um, uh, I'm usually heavily involved in all that stuff, so I'm I'm kind of leading the the charge in terms of getting the information on the director. Uh, a lot of times, they're really you know hesitant to kind of <laughs> give as much information as possible. Sure. They kind of delay it and delay it because they don't want to think about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm there to kind of pull it out of them and, and force them to think about <laughs> it. So. You know, we'll we'll have those meetings and conversations. What yeah. it is, we'll show them versions of every step, and get their feedback, and then try and work it until they're happy with it. Yeah, great. So, and with Ad Astra, so were you? So, what brought you to the Central Coast? So, you worked in LA for mm -hmm. many years, and and you came up to the Central Coast. What what brought you up this way? Uh, I mean, everything up here is just wonderful. So, the the people are great. Uh, the environment, the the wine country lifestyle, as they say. 
uh, it's just a wonderful place to be. So it's uh, it's also fairly close to LA, mm-hmm. you know, two hours. Yeah, I can get down there when I need to. So did you work on at Astro while you were up here? Then I did. Yeah, I was I was working part time in LA and then part time from home. So I, I would split my time as much as I could be in the San Andreas Valley. Um, I would review shots from here and, and do budget work and, and kind of all of this stuff that didn't require me to be in L.A. So, so all from home. All from home, yeah. Wow, yeah that's just just on my laptop <laughs> and with a really nice monitor. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing that technology can do that. What Were there any other I, – I heard there were some shots or some things that were done around here in, in the Central Coast mm-hmm. area. Were you involved in any of that yeah, as yeah. well? Yeah, so we um, at the very end of the movie, there is kind of approach to back to Earth as Roy is landing his spacecraft on Earth. Uh, the director needed a really beautiful place to kind of show that. And um, to, in order to tie it into the beginning of the movie, the parachute sequence, which we shot up in San Luis Obispo, mm. um, I thought we'd do some shots over Lake Chuma. So at the very end of the movie, his approach back into Earth nice. is over Lake Chuma. And so you kind of helped then bring them up here for those shots. Yeah, I was up here at the yeah. helicopter. We flew up uh, one day and, and shot around here and then kind of went back to L.A. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what do you think was one of the more challenging shoots i mean i uh i mean shots for uh at astro so like i i we go from you know you could do anything from this you know minor little tweaks and just touch-ups and you know erasing the wire sort of thing or where it's very heavily relying on cg and and where you have uh multiple you know simulations or programs going Mm -hmm. into what the animation's calling for so what do you think was one of the more challenging things that, that you guys had to tackle? Uh, I think the two biggest were, uh, one, there's a moon rover chase. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do you right. shoot that and make it look like the moon? Also make it feel like one six gravity. And then the very end of the movie is the whole third act takes place outside of the Lima station. Mm-hmm. And that's all visual effects. So yeah. figuring those two out were the most complicated. So, yeah, and... and, and it, it, when you're when you're saying these things about like the lunar uh, rover chase, uh, I, I started thinking about like actual production and when the cameras were rolling on it. Do you have any role in going down to set during those times when they're filming that to kind of be like, look, this is the way it kind of needs to be shot for our guys who are going to be pu- piecing these little shots and snippets back together again? Mm-hmm. Because that's essentially what's going to happen is you're you're the the crew's going to be filming little pieces and then you guys take those ingredients put it back into the uh, into the oven, into the mix, and you guys bring out the cake basically at the end. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So so are you involved then on the actual physical side of things at all? Or Yeah, so everything we, we kind of want to get all those conversations out of the way beforehand so that right. when we show up on set, we know what we're doing and there's no delays and kind of everybody's scratching their head of how to do something. Um, uh, on this one, the rover chase required a lot of prep time. Uh, we sent a second unit out there, uh, Dan Bradley, who is a second unit director. He's kind of famous for his car chase work. So he did that sequence, and he went out there. He had a crew. Um, we had Brad Parker, who was our uh, uh, on-set supervisor for that stuff. And he went out there, and they shot it all. And it was uh, it was a complicated setup because everything was shot with a stereo camera rig, and we put a film camera on one side and a uh, infrared digital camera on the other side. And in post, we took those two elements and then kind of mashed them together, composited everything, rotated it out, right. and then did all the simulations and then added the CG backgrounds. Very cool. Um, I heard that the uh, uh, the guy who actually built the the rover mm-hmm. is from this area. Did you guys have any like consultation, or is that all something like the art department's working on? Yeah, things like that. That sort of the stuff. The art department handles right. the build of it. You know, once the designs are approved, then they take so off. And they what is your relationship with the art department? I mean, if they they hand you things, do they you know they they'll design 
concepts and things like that and then hand them over to you or how does uh it's it's a little bit of both scenarios so yeah. uh, depending on a lot of times there's look development done early in the movie before anybody's really hired so the, the studio will have the director hire a production designer and they'll kind of set the look for the movie and then sometimes they'll do concept art and to show the studio and get them excited and get the green lights yeah um so when i started at astra you know we had kind of the basic foundation of the movie designed you know rough stuff done uh, the ships were kind of mo- mostly mapped out, but the details weren't there. Yeah. Um, so in this case, I hired a couple of pr- uh, um, couple art directors that I'd worked with in the past. And then they kind of flesh out all the ideas and designs and kind of really get down to the fine details. And then I'll work closely with the production designer and the art director and kind of work on those details and, and get everything approved. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, uh, of course, you know, with, with space movies, uh, nowadays is the anti-gravity shots. I mean, I think Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks, uh, that kind of set the standard. Was there a lot of things like that done or was there wire work? I mean, wh- what was involved with that sort of thing? Yeah. So we, um, uh, all the stuff that was interior, we shot on a vertical set. So we took, we, we built a horizontal and a vertical sets replicated. Oh, wow. Uh, and they would hang them vertically and then drop the actors from the middle of it. Yeah. And it would give that kind of zero G feel. Okay. And so the whole, there's a fight in the middle of the sequence inside the Cepheus. And that was all. And that was all on a vertical. Wow. Set. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Um, yeah. That, that, because yeah, <laughs> I, I just remember like thinking about like Apollo 13 and mm-hmm. like how that would take so much time to just keep doing the, the plane drops. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we didn't have that budget. either. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that that but that's a really smart way to, to go through that. Um, so uh, and I'm just trying to think of like um, if you working. I'm trying to think about like all the things that you've done in the past. So, because um, you were talking about a couple different movies that you have worked on, so like uh, Prometheus, um, Godzilla. Uh, what other movies do you think you have gone from your your past work and have kind of helped you you learn basically on every show? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things that are always changing, new technology, new techniques, new tricks, basically, essentially. Yeah. Um, what what kind of things did you do that kind of help uh, get you to where you are now? Like, what were your big kind of like milestone movies? You know, I started pretty early in the business with, with visual effects. Like, they were just starting to kind of ramp up, and the comic book movies were just starting to take off. So Blade was the first movie I worked on in visual effects, and that was, like, the very first comic book movie that was yeah. was produced um, a long time ago. So, you know, it's uh, I, I think each – there's always milestones where you go through, and, and every movie kind of means something. You say they, you learn something on every movie, mm-hmm. and you take that forward to the next one, and you hopefully get better each time. Um, I think – Prometheus probably is a really important one in my career just looking at it because we were so involved in every aspect of it and we were creating worlds uh, we're creating spaceships you know and we're trying to do it to a level that was was so high you know and and there's such expectation for that movie because everybody's so excited about Ridley doing an alien movie after so many years so there was a lot of pressure and and I think we did a a pretty good job on it and uh you know so you kind of look at all that stuff and that's like a, a reference so like when I was thinking about the spaceships on Ad Astra uh, Prometheus was a, a guideline for me. Yeah, and, and you know and those the look and the feel of what some of those visual effect shots are are they're they're very stylized to what the cinematographer is looking for and what the director is looking for in that terms of the look. How closely do you work with the you know the director and the the DP on on those certain kind of stylized look of it um, in terms of like you you in some cases won't even have a real camera rolling. It's all the virtual camera that you're doing in the computer. 
Um, do you constantly work with them and talk with them and show them the shots and make sure that it's, it's doing okay? Because when you essentially, when you guys are the camera, when you're doing the camera work in there, um, how does that fly? How does that jive with, with the rest of the crew? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of the stuff now is getting pushed off to post-production. So creating those full CG shots, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to get a previs done early on and you get that approved and the, the DP is usually involved and the director, of course, is involved, um, it, it makes things smoother and you kind of help set up that language of the movie and you kind of follow that all along. If you're in post and that happens, which always does, there's new shots that come up and you're just, you're there and you're responsible to kind of say, does this fit the movie? You're, the DP is off on another movie and not involved anymore, but right. the director is there every day yeah. and you're working with them to say, you know, here's what I've done. Does this fit? Are you happy with it? And, and so we're always just trying to make sure that nothing jumps out and it doesn't feel out of place with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I totally, totally hear you on that one. So uh, part of I, well, my little experience that I, I got to do, um, that at least I experienced in the terms of editorial world on visual effects, was we were given um, certain shots that had priorities over the other ones in terms of deadlines. And it was actually because of... Uh, marketing material so the trailers are coming out we got to get these shots done uh did you guys have the same sort of thing where suddenly you know you were told oh by the way this shot is going to be in the trailer and you gotta we uh not so much on this one just because we okay. had a delayed release date from when we were planning to finish right we did have a little bit where they put out some teasers and stuff and they wanted a few shots here and there but towards the end it was great because this is one of the few movies where it's like here yes they're all finished you can have all those you know there's <laughs> right, there's like right. no stress or yeah no problem i can finish that up for you in a few days and we'll get that over to you nice so i was lucky in this one um any uh difficulty how how involved are you? you're not really involved with like the actors per se or do you have any sort of role that where they're coming in like is brad pitt coming in to do any sort of special like motion capture work or anything like that or you're scanning their face to digitize them in the computer or anything like that uh he did not uh, he have, didn't have to do any motion capture or any yeah. scanning on this one uh we did scan his body though for digi double shots so um on wide shots we could use him um and also tommy lee jones so yeah. so some of those wide shots in the space fight at the end of the movie those are digi double shots so we had we had them and we're creating that stuff but brad was in the office all the time so we were we we're kind of working together mm -hmm. and he was looking shots and you know, kind of weighing in every once in a while on, on what he really wanted. Nice. So it was pretty cool then. I mean, just working with, he was just down in Santa Barbara, just gotten uh, mm -hmm, yeah. the award for uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, yeah, um, very cool. Is that kind of a standard thing, though, now in, in kind of big VFX, you know, movies where everyone's getting digi doubles and, you know, and they just, they're going in for a scan, you know? Yeah, I think um, a lot of movies now they are scanning, even if you don't have a full need for it. Right. Um, things come up in post all the time where it's like you know you have to do a wide shot it just you can't go back and reshoot things so right. it does make sense to have it and, and a lot of times it's just a protection scan and then just keep it for you know 20 years from now when they need to de-age them and you've got a <laughs> scan there yeah absolutely there are those conversations <laughs> about what are you going to do with this after you're yeah done? exactly yeah. <laughs> all right very good so um so technologies are kind of always moving on i mean visual effects actually i, I mean what we think of visual effects wasn't necessarily always what is called visual effects. I think those terms have changed from special effects to visual effects. They've kind of, you know, separated themselves. Um, so I think, you know, the average going uh, movie public, I don't think they even quite understand what the difference is between visual effects and special effects. So can you kind of help explain that? Um, I always like to just kind of differentiate between what's practical and what's not. Right. So anything on set that gets done, smoke, fire, explosions, 
Um, a lot of times there's rigging involved. You know, it's more like mechanical stuff, you know, where they're building special platforms and things like that that have to move. That kind of all spell, falls under the special effects department. Visual effects is usually anything you want to finish up in post. So taking those elements, adding to them, uh, compositing them together, CG enhancements, things like that. And and that technology, though, in the computer, in, that, in the post world for VFX, it's, it's changing drastically. Mm -hmm. oh, it seems like almost constantly. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, starting from basically back in Jurassic Park in, in 93, you know, seeing those dinosaurs and everybody was blown away by them. And then uh, it, just the way things progress, um, it's it's amazing to see what is happening in the world of VFX. Um, do you know of any certain technologies coming out in the future that you're excited to use or, uh, you know, um, anything yeah. on the horizon? <laughs> well, everybody talks about AI yeah. and, uh, you know, what's going to happen with, with everything really is, is that. So I've seen a few demos about how they're using artificial intelligence to create uh, more robust pipelines for work, making more efficient. So they're talking about uh, um, rotoscoping could be done now by the computer instead of by humans. Wow. Um, it there the edge detection stuff that they're using now in like Photoshop even is like a lot of people are familiar with that where it's like a Photoshop can find the edge pretty well uh, mm. on a still image but you try and do that 24 <laughs> times a second right it gets a lot more complicated especially right. with hair and things like that so they're thinking that that's going to be kind of a big step forward um, the other of course is the stuff that they're talking about deep fakes and uh, I've seen a few demos on that and it's scary because they can <laughs> They have a library of pictures they've pulled off the internet and yeah. they've applied it to a stand-in double and the, the computer spits out a recreation of that person. And, you know, there's, there's of course, problems right now, but it's early days. And, you know, give it five years and I think they'll they'll crack it and it'll be perfect. Wow, that's so. that's crazy, yeah. Um, just before we let you go, though, I, I do want to ask you, so it's kind of a personality test, but what is your favorite movie and what's kind of helped inspire <laughs> you get into this uh, into this industry? You know, it's always a tough question to answer because, you know, everybody thinks there should just be one right answer. But I, I kind of find that there's not. Like, I have a top five, I think, for, <laughs> for so many different things. You know, like, sure. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do, I hate to say it, but sometimes, like, I do like some of the, like, early 90s comic book movies and mid-90s stuff that that almost started creating these new worlds. You know, science, um, Star Wars, of course, was a big one, of course, you know, yeah. like, setting up this whole entire world. Um you know, E.T. had a big impact on my life because yeah. I, I saw that as a kid and it was just it was an amazing movie. And yeah. to, to yeah. all of a sudden have this connection with, the you know, with the, something that's not a human, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody feels for it. But, you know, there's 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 a wide range of movies. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Alan. I appreciate it so much. And uh, what's what's next on, on the list to do for you? Uh, I've got a lot of house renovation projects. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. that's going to be a fun, fun yeah, job yeah. for you then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Thanks Alan, for taking your time. Of course. Bye. Thanks. Well, we're here now with Riza Georgie, our president. Hi, Riza. Hello, Daniel. So you were here. You actually were here with Alan, and and you got to hear that interview. What did you What did you think? I was totally geeking out. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun to it's, watch you guys talk. Yeah, no, that was that was so cool watching uh, talking to Alan about all his work and what he's done. Like, I, I love all those movies, and that right. he, you know he's he's Robin Hood is great. He did Robin yeah. Hood. Mm -hmm. He did Prometheus. The Russell Russell Crowe Robin the Hood. Russell Crowe Robin yeah. Hood. Yes, let's be specific. I mean, it could have been the Kevin Costner one, but <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. But the Russell Crowe one was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prometheus. Prometheus is I very cool. I never watched Prometheus. I'm I, not really a scary. Oh no, I saw it. that was it, it. was very very well done. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, of course he did like Godzilla. Godzilla. I yeah. did watch Godzilla because my husband made me. 
<laughs> I, yeah. You didn't, you weren't a fan of the big lizard terrifying giant, you know. Yeah, not really. No. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, it just says a lot. It about was a you. great movie. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was well done. The visual just, effects was well the done. The visual effects were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's very cool. And it's it's fun that I could talk to Alan. Uh, I, I have, you know, I used to be in visual effects for a, a tiny, like I put my toe in it, essentially. Right. So I just got enough to, to get the taste and the flavor of uh, what everybody does. And, and I mean, mad skill, respect to all these guys that work on it. Because I asked him, I said, well, how many people work on a shot? And, and I kind of know because I was in the editorial stage of things. And so I, I was the guy at the very end kind of piecing everything together. And they literally, you've got your animators, your compositors, you've got your uh, right. lighting, your rendering, your IT guys that are helping make sure everything's cooking. You've got, uh, you know, the coordinators, the, the daily runners, the, you know, all these different people are working on one shot. Right. And they're working on this one shot for months at a time. And there is times, uh, I, I wish I had asked him this, I go, well, how do you feel that when in the end your shot that you've been working on forever ends up on the cutting room floor? Right. It's It's gone. Bye. And, you know, it, I can only answer because I know the, kind of the feeling on that. And it's just like, oh, well, that's a bummer, but we still got paid to do the work. So. That's true. That's um, true. But, yeah, you know, you just hope for that extended edition right. uh, Blu-ray where things come out. But Oh, I know that kind of you know, in a different world because I'm in the news media world. So when you work so hard on a story and then you end up, you you think you have this like meat and potatoes and then they just throw all the potatoes out and you're like, okay, I guess that doesn't get in. But yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's all part of the editorial process on, on anything, yep. you know, you're, you're working on it. Um, and you know, one thing that we do, you know, it, it's like with art, with all art that everything is a, Art is abandoned. You could always work on it. You could always exactly. try and make it better. Exactly. And, and you could literally do that for the rest of your life. But uh, you, at some point, you got to walk away or have that deadline and say, okay, I'm done. Right. Yep. Right. What I really liked, um, though, coming back to Ad Astra, was just like the fluidity of all the shots. Mm -hmm. That nothing seemed out of place. Um, I watched it again last night and to prepare for this. And um, watching some, like, the rover race scene was incredible. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. It was one of the more complicated shots. Right. And then having them feel like they're in space, but they're actually not. But all the movements felt like you were watching astronauts. It was just amazing and astounding that they can do so much with uh, the technology that's available today. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's amazing because I, I, I wish I had um, another thing that just keeps popping up into my brain, you know, afterwards um, is like all the visual effect shots that you will never know was a visual effect shot. Right. Like my very first thing that I worked on on uh, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, you know, <laughs> those ones. Um, my very first shot that I ever worked on was the burning butter scene. And, and everyone's kind of like, what, the burning oh. butter scene? And th it, it's a scene where um, James Franco and uh, Kirsten Dunst, they're dancing in the kitchen at uh, his place or whatever. And 
um, he's making an omelet or some weird right. thing, but the butter was not burning the right way on set. And so the director said, okay, we need a visual effect shot of a better uh, butter plate. So instead of actually like filming something like a second unit, like just redoing it themselves with somebody else's hand, they still gave us that that shot, that plate of uh, the the skillet and the hand pouring in the batter. But they wanted us to superimpose the burning butter on the 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 actual skillet. Right. So I'm in a closet in Santa Maria. You know, I'm trying to light it and match the shot, and then we're we're burning butter, <laughs> and and that <laughs> and that was what we we did, and then we poured in our own batter, and w- that's right. what ended up in the movie. But that is a visual effect shot from Santa Maria that that's we awesome. just did up here, and it's crazy that there's little things like that um, that make it into the movie. Even in uh, I worked on the uh, the happening this uh, M Night Shyamalan movie, and one of the things that I, I never even thought about was that they said well the power's out so we need to turn off all the the street lights and so like you know it's flashing red green yellow but they went in they painted them out so it looked like that they were not on during the day mm. and it's just like oh yeah i never would have even it would not have registered my brain just right. watching it that just consciously that that's a visual effect shot I you just know love hearing all the background stuff and <laughs> knowing all you know the ins and outs of how how he was doing the production right. and I could have listened to him talk about Brad Pitt some more too which is really nice <laughs> Fan, I, fangirling um, a little fangirling bit fangirling just yeah. a little bit um, that he got to spend a lot of time with him and uh, yep. Tommy Lee Jones too yep. he's a he's an amazing actor mm-hmm. and my ad sales gal Jen was at the Arlington last night for uh, the Brad Pitt oh at, at the Santa Barbara at Film Festival Santa Barbara yeah. Film mm-hmm. Festival I wish I could have gone but she's sending me pictures yeah. of him on yeah. stage and I was just dying yeah well there you go um but yeah it it, it's it was a lot of fun uh santa barbara film festival i i think those awards that are coming out is um definitely leading towards uh oscar season that's going to be coming up here oscar season Uh, nice segue daniel yeah thank you i know (laughs) (laughs) i practiced that one um yeah so uh oscars are literally just right around the corner yeah and we're gonna have a fun screening at Mm. fig mountain brew in arroyo grande and our celebrate our other board member chris who is very special good old chris that's not very nice to say you know no, we I meant it. we love chris we chris do. chris has been a good friend of yours and mine for how many years now riza too long uh, i no. think that's more than two decades <laughs> long yeah two um, decades so long. yeah no chris chris riza and i uh we've got a long history going back way way back here in san Inez valley yes when we all used to work at the movie theater we did and now look at us i know <laughs> <laughs> talking about movies too. yeah but no and uh i think it's great and and so last year i was i was very fortunate to go down there with chris and and do the red carpet run and see what he did firsthand um not a, uh, of course on oscar day but that just the amount of work just that he's doing right like i just I, you know i haven't even talked to him recently because it's like radio silence you cannot talk to this man the month before nope. the show he nope. <laughs> he is He's so busy he is just don't 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 bug him mm-hmm. so but uh we're proud of you chris and uh Very proud of you chris we will be cheering you on for sure and we do invite everybody with to come a beer up in our hand with a beer yes absolutely <laughs> if you're over 21 you can come so um yeah definitely and um so i mean we we've got a lot of local 
talent here in the valley you know and another classmate of ours our very same classmate in, in 2000 2004 uh yeah, yeah. uh it was in the 2000s uh, we'll just leave it there <laughs> it <was> in the <laughs> early 2000s um but our same class we yeah. have a classmate who has a movie that's out in theaters right now yep so yep have we're talking about you mr will yep so uh will you've got that movie underwater out right now um so definitely if you guys want to support a uh homegrown central coast uh Inez valley local yep then mr will you bank our our fellow alumni pirate alumni from Sanez high school so go i won't do my cheerleader thing that's right you were yeah, a cheerleader i, I totally forgot yeah, about that or i tried to I'm block it out of my brain so yeah. uh <laughs> one of those things <laughs> but yeah no um so very good so we're, we're excited we we grew up here uh as you said here in, in san inez valley uh you know high schools in san inez solving and then um Bealton here as well we love Bealton. we love Bealton, and we we did a, a lot of work here at parks plaza theater yes. you know uh sweeping popcorn off the floors making popcorn yes and uh <laughs> getting getting that from a very early age yes. i think that helped build a lot of character for us I think the smell of popcorn is just burned into my nose but that's okay i i'm i'm okay with it but uh <laughs> I, we're going to be doing we we've done a lot of screenings in Bealton already. Yes, but we have. but we are going to be doing more. Yes, uh, we love hearing the feedback from people when they come to screenings. Especially um, our last one was um, the cartoon classics, so really fun. We had people that had never seen Betty Boop before, never seen Popeye the Sailor Man, and bringing their kids and introducing them to the cartoons that we grew up with and loved. Um, We've also done classic films. Um, I'd love to do uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for That's sure. This next uh, holiday season, we can get that. Yeah. Going. Yeah, of course. So we're going to be uh, working on, on bringing a lot of uh, screenings down here. It, it's a fun place to come, you know, bring your families. Um, and, and the and city of Bealton um, has been especially good to the film society. Yes, they have been a huge supporter, and actually, uh, we wouldn't be talking. We would right not now be able to do this and and be reaching you guys. We also wouldn't be able to be doing a lot of our screenings. So big thank you to uh, City of Bealton. Um, we could not be uh, more grateful for all of your support and uh we're going to be bringing lots of stuff back including maybe even a film festival yes so we're going to be festival. we're going to be doing a film festival in late september early october we haven't nailed down a date yet right but we're working on it but those details will be coming very soon and uh Speaking yeah of upcoming film things that i want to put on for future um is that we need to do a uh, monty python yeah, film screening or yeah, something. especially Whether after the flying circus life, of Brian. Especially after the news of uh, Terry Jones yes. just passing, so yeah, that's I mean, our hats off are to you, Mr. Yeah, Jones. Thank and, you. And uh, because I, you know, maybe it was just because we were in drama together, or but we we did a lot of Monty Python and Faulty Towers and Faulty Towers. Yeah, um, with funny story, funny story, John Cleese. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. I get to tell my John Cleese story now. Okay. Um, so when I first moved to the valley, um, I was three and I was with my mom and um, my grandmother ran the Ballard Inn at the time. So my mom stepped in and helped her manage the Ballard Inn. And we would have a lot of uh, movie stars that would come to stay for the weekend. And I mean, actually, they still do. But <laughs> so one time uh, John Cleese was coming to stay. My mom knew, you know, he was about to arrive and. She was a huge fan of Faulty Towers, 
um, British humor is big in our family. So um, there's one scene in Faulty Towers, actually, there's kind of several of them. But uh, when he is trying to, when John Cleese's character is trying to tell the bellhop which room that the... I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. When he holds up the sign with the luggage and then the <laughs> number of the room yep. and then with the arrow pointing up and... <laughs> So when John Cleese came in, my mom got one of the um, housekeepers to do that same really? bit. Really? Yeah. And at first he wasn't uh, so sure what was happening. And then he like, you know, it clicked and put two and two together and he was just hysterically laughing. Um, so my mom uh, really loved, um, she loved sharing that story. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. He used to be a resident in yeah, Montecito. Yeah. yeah. I saw him um, one time uh, parking in a parking lot. It's weird. <laughs> because you're one of those creepers that are just nope, staring nope. at we just John Cleese in the parking lot? parking at the same time. Uh, well, very nice. Who else do you see around town? Around town? Yeah. Um, what, other, what other local <laughs> celebrity sightings do you see? Because we're totally going to out them all, all right now. Um, let's see. Uh, Bo Derek. Um, yeah. She lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really nice. I've interviewed her several times. Um, she has a pet shampoo line um, really yeah for for animals do and the animals run in slow motion too on the beach and then <laughs> probably not <laughs> um but she does do a lot of work with uh, veterans and yeah. so um, i love following her instagram and and her husband is and her husband yeah yep. uh he's he's of the uh big fat greek wedding yes fame and sex and city and oh sorry I, 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 mi- I missed that one yeah yeah um, so you can see him from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just playing music. Actually, um, and I, in a band. I saw Pink in town during Christmas uh, time in yep. Solvang. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, there is a Hallmark movie that just got shot in Solvang. So it yeah, is you're cr- in it. Christmas in Solvang. You may you see can't me. Can't really miss it. You may you're see me. It. I. That's true. That's true. So you guys be on the lookout for that. That's gonna be. Uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> right. Right. I know. It's so. It's so fun. Like learning about. Um, the different locations on the central coast and like seeing them in films. Um, so if you guys have any, you know, any of our listeners, the maybe five of you that are out there. No, there's more. <laughs> there's, there's more. more. Oh, there's more. Seven. No, come on. <laughs> I know this is early on, but it we're, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of people listening back. They want to okay. get all, all right, the all right. full details. So uh, if anybody knows of any particular location we haven't highlighted yet, um, please let us know. Info at Central Coast Film Society. Yeah, so you guys can always check us out on uh, Facebook as well, all the uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Of course, uh, our website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org, and uh, we have all of our info always uh, up and available right there. Yep. Well, thank you, Riza. Thanks, Daniel. I I had fun. All right. (laughs) This is kind of a cheesy uh, sign-off, but... Uh, Yeah, well, at least it's not a send-off. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't have a big cane over here. No, no, that's good. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Bye. And to round out with some Central Coast Film Society events, of course, we are going to be having our Oscar viewing party in Oro Grande this year at Figaro Mountain Brewing Company. And that is to, in part, help celebrate uh, one of our members of the board, Chris Manigold, who produces the Red Carpet Show. Last year, I got to go down and check it out with Chris. It was a lot of fun. Definitely want to come check it out. Got lots of uh, fun games and activities. We'll also have a survey online so that you can pick your winners. So definitely check our website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. 
and uh, go to the events tab there and you can check out our survey uh, so you can see if you're gonna pick the winners now um, uh, our viewing party of course is going to be starting at about 3:30 and go to belt 9 so that way we can get the red carpets in there as well it is a family event so bring uh, everybody it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, another thing to put on your calendars is, of course, our Filmmaker Mixer that's going to be coming up on March 1st from 3 to 5 p.m. That's at Central Coast Brewing in San Luis Obispo. Again, that's for all ages, um, so we encourage students and families to come and attend and uh, celebrate cinema together. So... That's a wrap for this edition of Take 18. This has been a production of Central Coast Film Society. We are a 501c3 organization, and we couldn't make this show or anything that we do possible without your generous support. So help make a difference. Please consider making a donation. You can purchase a membership or just simply come to one of our events. Of course, always visit our website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. For more information, sign up for our newsletter, or uh, also give us a follow on social media, like. Um, we've got a huge following there, and that's where a lot of our news goes out and starts breaking, so you definitely want to be a part of that. So thank you again for tuning in, and this was a big show. I want to thank again Alan Maris and uh, Rise Georgie for coming in, saying hi. This was huge. Thank you guys so much. We're going to be having a lot more things like this, so you guys have a great time, and see you at the movies. That's Take. Take.